from cross to crown. As we trust in Christ, we follow him. And we were once those who were in the dust and cold dead stone. But because Christ, the living stone, came out of the tomb, you are being built up with your new birth, your new garments, your new food, your new home, your new status. You have a new purpose to praise the God of mercy who made you his prized possession. This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. June 26, 2022. 1 Peter 1.23, This area certainly has a, a lot of interesting rocks. You'll see them often even collected and, and put on display. You can just even go to our local library and you'll see the rocks that are there under the display case, showing the, the natural beauty of a lot of the rocks in the area. But what about the ordinary rocks? Are, are those ever something someone might prize? When our summer music program this year, there was an art module added in which we had the children gather stones and take ordinary, often plain-looking stones from the dust and turn them into a prized possession with a little bit of paint and art crafts, something to be prized and put on the shelf. Have you ever viewed yourself as a prized possession of your God. That's what Peter reveals to us as we continue our series looking at 1 Peter, how we go from cross to crown, that we are not just those who are brought out of darkness, but God has made us to be his own and to serve him in a special way. That's what we'll see as we look at the last part of 1 Peter chapter 1 and the start of chapter 2. How God takes us from cold, dark stones to living stones. We'll look at several ways in which Peter describes our, our transformation in our new life here. First of all, he says, we have been born again. Our new life begins with a new birth. Our natural birth was one that had a, a very limited glory. The best that we could come up with was like the, the grass of the fields or the, the flowers around us of glory which is temporary and, and fading and which perishes. Our natural birth leaves us to face the dust, to return to the cold ground and, and face the curse of sin, cast out of God's temple forever. But we've been born again. And Peter describes that new birth as taking place by an imperishable seed, the in living and enduring word of God. God's word has powerfully given us a new birth into a new life. And just as God's word endures forever, our new birth is one which will last into eternity. As God's own people, we will live forever with him and his kingdom. Peter goes on to describe the results of this new birth. A new birth which took place by, he says, the word of God, the word which was preached to us. He says, Therefore, since you have a new birth, Rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, every kind of slander and every evil. The, the malice that we once bore from our natural birth was hatred and harm towards others. In hypocrisy and deceit, we tried to put on an outward show, and by nature we try to make ourselves seem good, but still inwardly we're cold and dead in the heart and in 
very many ways like dead stones, helpless, enemies of God, dead in sin. And our old garments, the ones which we're told to cast off, included envy, never being content, but always striving for something sinful and something extra, and always slandering and speaking against, not building up others. But in a way, Peter has told us, cast that aside because you've been cleansed by Christ. You have, you have new garments in Christ. He goes on to describe not only is this neo-NATO unit where we have a new birth giving us fresh, clean start of a new life with holy living of praises and thanksgiving to God, but a new strength for life. Peter says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. We have new food, new food to provide us with strength. You know, recently it was pretty evident how with the shortage of baby formula, how important it is for a baby to have nourishment and, and good nourishment. You couldn't just water down the baby formula. That, that's unhealthy and dangerous. How much more isn't it important for us to have pure spiritual milk? Not contaminated spiritual food, not spiritual food that has hypocrisy mixed in with it or watered down, but pure spiritual food. The gospel that we ought to crave as newborn babies is, is one which God feeds us with in his word. You know, what, what takes place in this house, in God's house here, is just a small picture of the feeding that God gives us. When a baptism takes place, that washing with water in the word, the new birth which Peter mentions in chapter 3, that washing is a, a spiritual new birth. And when the word of God here is preached in his house of worship and prayer, that word of God, the gospel, builds us up in faith, strengthens us. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, and we partake of the gift he's given of his body and blood for forgiveness, the new covenant, we are strengthened and fed with the gospel in word and in sacrament. And God's gospel nourishes us, Peter says, so that you may grow up in your salvation. Not that we can obtain a better salvation, but rather God's done everything. He wants us to be strong, to be secure. We can certainly mature in our faith, grow in our confidence of what God has given us and enjoyment of it. That takes place, fellow newborn infants in God's word, as you crave that spiritual milk in your life, as you gather with God's people around word and sacrament, as you daily meditate on the bread of life and drink up the water of life in the gospel. Crave that spiritual milk, that new food that God gives you for strength. And Peter goes on, now that we've, as he quotes from Psalm 34, tasted the Lord is good, we not only have a new birth and new garments and new food, but he says we have a new house. As you come to him, that is, as we approach Christ, approach him in his word and approach him for praise and worship, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Jesus is the living stone. He was rejected by people who, who saw him, despised him for his lowliness. But he was chosen by God, made alive again. 
as we come to the living Jesus in word and sacrament, God builds us up. We've been born again, not just to be new in our food and our clothes, but also new with a new home. You are like living stones being built into a spiritual house. Just as Jesus is building as the head, the cornerstone, as Peter will say, of God's church, we are being built like stones, living stones, to make up God's house. Do you see how precious God has made you in his sight? As he's given you new life, new clothes, new food, and he now makes you part of his temple, his house. You're being built into a spiritual house. What takes place is with every believer, God includes them in his family and in his household, and he makes them part of the church. That invisible building across the world of all believers. Do you see yourself in such a light? You who have been born again, making up that spiritual house. Peter will go on to mention how in that house we serve a purpose as priests, offering sacrifices of praise. We'll get into that more later. But for now, I want you just to marvel at the fact that by God's working, you have been given a new birth through his gospel. You're urged to put on the new clothes as you live a new life, strengthened by his word as he feeds you with that new food, and you're part of his new house being built on Christ. Maybe at this point you might pause or someone might begin to wonder, well, how? How do I know that all of this is mine, that I have this transformation from my God, that he's made me new and given me these new gifts? Well, Peter, once again, quotes from scripture. He's quoted from the Psalms, from Isaiah, from Hosea. He'll go on to quote Isaiah once more as he says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Notice all these new gifts are yours as you trust in him. That is, you trust in the one God has chosen, in his son, the living stone. God gave you a new birth. God gave you all these things, new food and a new house, new home. He's done it all. You don't build your own sanctuary, you don't build your own temple, but rather you have it simply as you trust in him. To you who believe in Christ, the rejected and chosen stone, God gives all these things. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but not everyone believes. Sadly, we do have the ability even not to accept God, but rather to reject him. We have the ability to, though he's given us the gift, to refuse his new food, to not grow up in salvation, but to reject Christ. And sadly, many see Christ, the stone that God has chosen, and they only see Jesus in the cross part and fail to see the crown part that he lives. To those who do not believe, Peter says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. When Jesus lived and walked in this earth, he came in lowliness. He was the Son of God, sent down from heaven to walk among us. He had dust on his feet, and he looked like every other dead person around him. Only he was the chosen one, the perfect holy Son of God, as we saw last week. 
And though the builders, that is the leaders of Israel, rejected him, he became the cornerstone, the one on whom God would build his church. And he is the living one. He was placed in the dust of the tomb, surrounded by the stone, and left among the dead. But Jesus, who was rejected by the spiritual leaders of Israel, was chosen by God and rising back to life, proclaimed forgiveness of sins in his name and became the one on whom all of God's church, his temple, was built. Jesus, the chosen and precious one. And don't misunderstand what many translations give next can be misleading. They kind of miss the mark when they say, Jesus is a stone that causes people to stumble or a rock that causes them to fall. It doesn't actually say that. Rather, it says he is a stone over which they stumble, a rock over which they fall. Jesus does not cause or make people stumble. Rather, they stumble in unbelief. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were destined for. And once again, don't misunderstand, it does not say here they were destined for unbelief. Rather, all those who do not believe will and are set to stumble. Those who reject Christ will see him in his lowliness and they will stumble over him because they fail to see the crown and only see the cross. God does not destine us to this, but rather those who reject Christ in unbelief will stumble over him and they will remain in the dust under the curse of sin, cast out from God's temple because of their own unbelief. But to you, whom God has given a precious new birth by the imperishable seed of the gospel, God has given you this urging to cast off that old garment, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to grow up in your salvation as he feeds you with his word, to be nourished by his gospel and strengthened, and to recognize that you have been built into his house to be part of his temple. You have a new status, not by what you've achieved or done, but as you trust in Christ, it says, you who consider Christ the living stone precious, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That phrase there, a chosen people, was first applied to the nation of Israel as God selected them to be his own. It now applies to you. You who, no matter what your background, no matter what you were or what dust you were brought out of from your cold, dark stone, you are now God's chosen. In grace, he has chosen you. And you are a royal priesthood. Notice, God has you have a status and a standing unlike any other. It's royalty. He considers you exalted. You have gone from dusty, dead stone to the crown as you are royalty in his kingdom. And you are a royal priesthood. That means you have access to God. He hears your cries for mercy. He hears your prayers. When you come to him, you have free forgiveness and you yourself can proclaim forgiveness and you yourself as a priest have access to the throne of God. And yes, of course, there, there still are those who serve as teachers and preachers and leaders in God's church, but every believer has equal access before God. And 
you are God's holy nation. Not only ethnic Israel was chosen and given the gospel, many of them rejected and stumbled over it, but now you too, from whatever nation or people you came from, you are part of the holy nation of God, made holy because you are built and trusting in Christ, built on him, and God's special possession. Picture that status. Just as God took you from cold and dead stone and put you on the shelf, all believers are now a special, prized possession of their God. It's kind of like what those children did in our art program is they took ordinary stones and made them something precious to put on their shelf, something they prized. God took you, a cold, dead stone, lost in the curse of sin. He gave you a new birth. He urged you to cast off your old clothes as he cleansed you from your sin. He gave you new food for strength and growth. He gave you a new home and a new status as his prized possession. And you will be his prized possession forever as you trust in him. God will raise these cold, dead bodies out of the grave and give us imperishable bodies because of our new birth. And you know, you're not just made to be a, a new person with a new life in God's house as a, a paperweight. You're not just a prized possession sitting on the shelf as a, a light shining on you so that you can simply sit there and be admired. No, God has also given you, who have a new status, a new purpose. As priests, we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. We now, as his people, praise him for bringing us from cold, dead stone to living stone. We praise him for bringing us out of the dust and the darkness of the grave and death and sin to his wonderful, everlasting light. And all of this is because of his mercy. Peter concludes this section, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see what our God has done. He has brought us from cross to crown. As we trust in Christ, we follow him. And we were once those who were in the dust and cold dead stone. But because Christ, the living stone, came out of the tomb, you are being built up with your new birth, your new garments, your new food, your new home, your new status. You have a new purpose to praise the God of mercy who made you his prized possession. Do you see what God has done? How he's taken you to be his own so you can praise him in your new position forever. <laughs>